everyone, and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host, Kevin Roberts, and I'm a life coach and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast, we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow. And hopefully, we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn, live a life that is true to them. Now, today's episode is a bit different and I am super excited as we are making history. As part of the celebrations for the third birthday of Grow Your Own Way, I ran a competition giving one lucky listener a chance to be the first ever guest on this podcast. And today, I'm joined by our competition winner and we're going to have a chat about all things growth and just see where the session takes us. So, if you're ready, let's get started. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to begin today's episode by introducing our history maker guest, Mike Lee. Now, in a professional capacity, Mike is a learning and development professional for the UK's leading pay TV and telecoms provider. Uh, But Mike doesn't tend to define himself through his job role. Instead, he considers himself to be an entertainer with a passion for understanding people, and helping them achieve their goals. Now, outside of his professional pursuits, Mike is a keen advocate for local traditions and has been known to sample a few uh, pubs and bars and also has a keen interest in stand-up comedy. And as someone who has had a sneak peek at Mike's content, I can definitely say I'm going to see him on stage in the near future. And on top of all of this, he's currently raising his one-and-a-half-year-old lad, uh, and these are Mike's words, not mine, to not follow in his footsteps. Uh, so, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I think I did all right with that intro, didn't I? It wasn't all too bad. Uh, yeah, lots okay. of lies in there. Um, <laughs> so the integrity of the show is on its knees. So, um, as this is the first ever time I've had a guest on the show, uh, I can't say that I've had a structure or anything like that. But what I was thinking is uh, my listeners are familiar with my own thoughts on growth. So maybe it'll get a good idea just to have someone else's perspective. So what we'll do is we'll just go through a bunch of questions, whatever pops up, um, and we can just see how a conversation goes, if if that's all right with you. That's top notch. Perfect. So to begin with then, Mike, I think it's a great uh, time for the listeners just to get an insight into who you are. So would you be able to kind of give just uh, an overview on your life or your career so far and the journey that you've been on? So I won't take them in uh, across the whole 30 plus years of my existence. Uh, I, I will focus on my career. Um, so with that, out with my paper round, which was my first dabble of uh, working life, um, I guess my first actual job was working in retail for JJB Sports, mm-hmm. a brand that no longer exists. Um, not because of me, I should hasten <laughs> to add. Um, but I absolutely loved working retail for a number of reasons. Uh, at that time, was I was kind of just in college. Uh, I worked with the majority of my friends at the same place. So usually it was a rabble of us at the same time. But I also liked the challenge of kind of selling the most uh, upsell stock, which was mm-hmm. not uh, a rewarded thing to do it wasn't an expectation but I enjoyed doing that and I think that kind of spurred me on into the to the next steps of 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 my career which from there I got into the world of contact centers uh, taking calls on behalf of a leading energy company an outsourced service provider Um, and again I found my feet there upselling products and I was really good at that Um, you know getting customers to see the value in the, the things that we had to offer that was in addition to what they were already taking so 
from there, I kind of got opportunities to to help coach others, uh, to kind of team lead. Uh, that kind of took me into my next opportunity, which was uh, quality assurance and call coaching for a, a different uh, company, uh, still an outsourced service provider. Um, and then from there, I moved on and started conducting um, net promoter score surveys, which was mind numbing. Um, <laughs> so that made me appreciate the intricacies of other work. So for the year that I spent just ringing customers, asking them how likely would they be to recommend this energy company to a friend or colleague. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that question, Kev, but how often do you go around talking about energy companies to your mates? Well, it's, it's all I think about, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I just wish someone phoned me up and asked. Well, maybe there was a lot of value in what I was doing that I just <laughs> did not see. Um, life is a learning uh, opportunity, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was mind-numbing uh, in that respect. But that did make me appreciate the the other kind of work that I'd been doing historically and uh, that and kind of spurred me on to the next thing. So at that point is when I kind of got to come and work for my current company. Um, for the first time, I kind of started there and I was a performance coach, so helping people call coaching again and helping mm-hmm. them kind of increase their capabilities, I guess. Uh, from there, um, I was that that role was put at risk of redundancy, and so to stay within the business, I moved into real time management, kind of making sure as calls were coming in, were they yeah. against forecast, was the room to do one to ones and all that kind of jazz, and, and moving stuff around. And whilst that isn't my forte nor my passion. I did take quite a lot from that. So from a growth perspective, actually, the ability to kind of see things from a wider picture through a different lens to appreciate the challenges that like leadership can be under uh, from time to time when mm-hmm. you talk about kind of conducting one-to-ones and, and things like that. Actually, there's external factors that impact their capability or ability to do that, not capability, sorry, their ability to, to do that. So that was quite an interesting kind of eye-opener for me. And from there, um, I got the opportunity to go back into to the world of learning and development in the capacity of a trainer to kind of classroom training, bringing new people on board, upskilling people on new products, new services, or just existing things and around skills-based learning. And from there, I moved into retail training. So with the same company, uh, but in their retail arm, managers go out and kind of work with them. And I kind of took on a, an enhanced portfolio of work and responsibility there. So it kind of went from being just, just training or just coaching to a mix of the two and running an area, a patch from a learning and development perspective and kind of coming up with solutions and, yeah. and ways to improve that area. So it's, I guess the opportunity to really get my teeth and improve that it was me having an impact in these, these areas, which was um, really nice to kind of further myself in that respect. Um, After a number of years uh, in that role, I moved on to be a learning and development manager for a a gambling company uh, or for a parent company of a a set of gambling companies. Um, And I I kind of spent nine months with those guys before then seeing the opportunity to return back to the current company that I'm currently with um, as the learning and development consultant. Um, So again, getting to work with uh, the business to business side of the world now rather than kind of business to consumer working business to business which was a again another opportunity to expand my my skill set um and work with a a different subset of people um and with a a wider range of uh, audience as well kind of working with marketing uh teams data Mm -hmm. teams sales performance teams uh, rather than just the the day-to-day kind of front end uh, as i'd previously been used to amazing well well thanks for that to say a a quick whirlwind into everything you've done there and it's it's interesting to hear you talk about your career because you can hear those high moments, low moments, the times where you kind of felt like really happy within what you do. And it almost sounds as like any any time you get to demonstrate your personality and any time you get to work with people, they seem to be like the two almost core cool values that bring you to life. Would you say that's fair? Absolutely. I would say kind of 
entertainment is at the core of everything that I do. Um, at, at home, at work, I like to to bring a flair to, to things and I like to sample a flair. I, I enjoy being part of things that are entertaining, if that makes sense. So I, I, I believe learning should be fun. I yep. believe development should be fun. It should kind of spark you to, to want to do more. And, and for me, that is through entertainment for others. It might be through other things, but if you can do that in an entertaining way, the more likely to want to connect with you. And, and as you said, the other kind of value would be the people side of it. It's because I want to serve others. I want to help yeah. them achieve what they want to achieve. So yeah, I would agree that they are probably the two <laughs> core values that's it. You're going to set me on fire. And I think like learning and development sounds like the perfect perfect place for you. And if I think back to like my times of growth and throughout my career, those who have really helped me kind of strive forward, it is someone with a passion like yours. They're saying, actually, you know what? Yes, it is your job to help people grow, but the rub on effect is, well, you can kind of have the impact on me. I can then have the impact and you just pay it forward and so on. So I think it's it's a wonderful skill set to have. I know not everyone has that, um, but it is, I think it's, admirable and wonderful to see well, thank um, you very much you are very welcome uh so if we have a look then so like you say the, the i know you've heard listened to the podcast before the whole point of the podcast is is grow your own way so it's just kind of acknowledging that there's no one right way to grow and i know in learning development you're very familiar with that it's not a one size fits all so if we were to ask you like in in terms of the word growth what does the word growth mean to you personally so if I was to define it, if I was given the reins to Oxford's dictionary uh, and I was allowed <laughs> to kind of type over everything that had been typed previously, I would say it's something along the lines of expanding on the current reality. So it's, and I suppose that is just redefining the word growth, right? <laughs> it's just another word for it. But, and that can be, for me, marginal or wholesale. So, mm -hmm. you know, growth can be anything from you've just found out something you didn't know yesterday. That's growth. It could be you decide to go in a whole different direction and retrain for a whole new career, for a whole new whatever. You know, it could be quite a wholesale change, a wholesale growth in that respect. Um, but what I truly believe is it tends to be when it's needed. You can't force yourself to grow. Yeah, You have to need or want it. So where there's, I guess, those pivotal moments in life where you might need to change career for one reason or another or your surroundings at work change. So therefore you need to kind of, change to keep up with that or to to keep up with trends where growth is needed if you're without a, a need or a, a an outright desire for i want to develop myself which motivation yep. it just won't happen so you need either something to to light a fire under you that makes you need to grow or you have a, a just a, an inherent desire to keep building on things uh, but each day if you hear a new fact you're, you're growing. If you yeah. take on new information, you're growing. You may not recognize it. You may not know it because you don't know you need to know it, but that's happening. And that, thanks for that. That's really interesting. I love the phrase expanding your reality. I, I, I love that. I may, I may borrow that. Um, but I think what's, what's wonderful there is you've kind of pulled out the distinction between growth can be this tiniest of things, whether it is learning a new word or a new fact, all the way through to these monumental life changes and I think one of the things I've I've kind of noticed in in coaching and working in learner development, I'm sure you have as well, that when we say that word growth or development, people jump to it's the next role, it's the next job. I want to earn X amount more money. I need to be in this position. And anything else just seems to say, well, that's not going to help me grow. Um, but when you have those small facts, I think I use an example of a pub quiz. I love a pub quiz. And it's because I learn those useless little facts. 
And I remember that and I grow my knowledge that way that I, I think I'm okay at pub quizzes. I think I am. Um, and it just shows you can call it compounding effect or, or what's the other phrase they use? Marginal gains. Um, yep. So being able to, I, I hope there are people listening to this thinking, actually, that's I've never thought of growth that way. Um, if I just do one thing every day, you're going to be, you can do 360 new things in a year. And I like the fact you gave them five days off there, Kev. How many did I say? 360? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you get five days to chill. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I suppose at Christmas you're expanding your waistline. So that's... Uh, there you go. That's what I meant all agree. along. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I think uh, what you kind of said there um, as well is that whole point where it's, a lot of people associate growth as being getting the next role. There's nothing wrong with that being your motivator. Mm-hmm. But if that's the only thing that you measure growth on, it's one pretty big goal. It's one pretty big objective to achieve. Actually, the growth is happening well before that. That might yes. just be one marker of, or benchmark or whatever you want to call it, milestone of, of success. And it might be the big one, but actually don't make it the only benchmark or milestone of success. There's lots of milestones before that, of, as you've said, it's the marginal stuff. But yeah. if, it's, if it's moving you in the right direction, win-win. And that's, that's a really good point as well. And I think I know uh, I've spoken to people before who, if we use an example, if they want a new job, so say, so someone wants your job, Mike, they, they want to be a learning and development professional. What we tend to find is those who put in the growth leading up to that application are far more prepared than those who actually just one day say, I'm going to wait for the job to be go to, to be available. Then I want it. And, you, yeah. and I think you can see the difference between those who are dedicating that time to growth and yet again, they look very, very different and it's each to their own. Everyone can do their own thing. But I think when people have that mentality like you do about, well, growth is, is just this constant thing. It's not a one-off event. It's something yeah. that continuously happens to us all. Yes, the motivation or the catalyst may be different, but I think when it's our attitude to growth, I think that is that is wonderful. And hopefully some of the listeners will be listening to that thinking, oh yeah, I, I, I can learn a lot from that. So if, if we move on from that, so knowing that's kind of what growth is, and like I say, I'll, I'll always say grow your own way, of course, any any opportunity to kind of get the branding out there. Um, have you got an example maybe where you've grown your own way? So maybe at times you you didn't follow the, the standard in air quote path, um, and you've kind of grown in a way that's kind of specific to you. Yeah, I think if we kind of look at that career path that I talked about a little bit earlier on, mm-hmm. um, I think there's a, a pretty, pretty big example. I kind of touched on it before was it's quite zigzag. I started from uh, not knowing what I wanted to do. So when I left kind of JJB, the, the retail world, I was only there because it was part time. I was enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. And it was good work. Um, it, it allowed me to have some pocket money to go out and do what I needed. But then when I needed to get into the real world, I was kind of like, oh, shall I go to uni or shall I go into to some work? And that's kind of in my head, I was convincing myself, right, I'll just go and work in a contact center because that's, I don't know about now, but then that's how I saw it, it was just a contact center. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went there with the, the the mindset of knowing that I wasn't going to stay there, I might do a year and then I'd go to uni. But still in my head, I didn't know what I was going to uni for. What would uni get me? What would I want to do at uni? Um, and I kind of got into there. And actually started seeing that it's not just a contact center. There's customers at the end of it. There's a business at the end of it. There's skills required within this work environment that actually challenges quite a It's a very challenging environment. And this is something I stand by is if, and it's not just because I've tended to work in most of these. If you can work in retail, you can work in hospitality. If you can work in a contact center, 
you're pretty set up for success in, in life generally, I would argue, if you can build the resilience to work in those three sectors. I'm not saying they're the only sectors to build resilience in, <laughs> but certainly if you can provide great service in those three kind of sectors or in any of those three sectors, I think you're a pretty good candidate for for other options in the future. So um, kind of getting into contact centre and it opening my eyes to actually there's more to this than just picking up a phone and telling a customer the answer to something. There's yeah. a, you know There's a lot more behind that that then kind of started spurring me on to kind of dipping my toes in. So I was very good at the, the the frontline stuff, kind of convincing customers to take additional products, services. But actually, I wanted to kind of challenge myself then to, well, if I can do that, how can I help X number of other people do that? And that's 10 times more people doing it than me at yeah. the same success level as me. That's a huge increase for, for that business. So that kind of got me driven so kind of looking into actually well how do you get into to sales coaching and uh, i guess that's where it kind of got driven out from so completely sideswept the concept of uni um, and at that point i kind of and now i reflect on it have accepted that i was never destined for academia um i loved school hated class and the work that came with it it was never <laughs> um it was never for me so academia in the traditional sense of going to uni and being quite academic was never for me now that doesn't mean qualifications aren't a great thing mm -hmm. um, for those that it is right for and likewise there are kind of more um, skills applicable styles of qualification especially now more than ever that you can kind of get into as well that probably might be a little bit more um, appropriate but yeah I went into the world of work and kind of built myself up from there and I like to think I'm doing quite well so yeah I think that's kind of how I went about kind of growing my own ways just kind of went in with no expectations and then just incrementally kind of went oh I want to learn how to do that and I don't think I realized I was asking myself to learn to do that I just kind of did it because I wanted to achieve something so I yeah. did it and then I got the next thing and then I got the next thing and I've kind of built from there I'm always championed by fantastic people around me and I think that's part of a good growth story as well is when you surround yourself with people that will activate your growth that will support yeah. you that will champion you will encourage you rather than accepting the people around you that will want to hold you back um if there's people around you that kind of make you feel daft for doing something or kind of talking a oh you might not be able to achieve that kind of way i'm not yeah. saying cut them off but just stop listening to them absolutely and there's a few things there just on your last point there i couldn't agree more and i it's the whole saying you're the sum of what the five people around you i don't know if that's actually true but i know that's what what a lot of people say and I think those moments where you surround yourself by those who lift you up, I, mm -hmm. I, I think is is phenomenal. But a couple of points uh, the, to to call out there. I mean, you, you referenced the 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 academia route versus the interwork route, um, and it's amazing to see people be successful in both routes because mm -hmm. neither neither or is 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 the correct one. But I think it's almost expected that you do the college, you do the university route rather than straight into work. Um, and I love finding people who are successful on both routes to say, look, you, you can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. Like you don't have to follow a path that's been laid out for you. you. You can just pick your own and say, you know what? That's what feels right. So it's wonderful to hear that. Um, and I'm always going to have a soft spot for contact centers. The moment someone bigs those up, um, I had similar start. So I think, well, when I was 21, I first started working in one um, very similar to you. I didn't know what the plan was. Um, but what I, I, I think I had a, a very similar experience that it started off just as sales and I was quite good at that as well. Um, but the amount that, of opportunity that opened up to you, 
and I was very similar. I, I, I had a touch in recruitment, in HR, in finance, in IT, in management. And you got to just dabble in so many different things. Um, so, yeah, whenever someone talks about a contact center, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm going to listen to this because just the paths in front of you um, are wonderful. And that's not saying that if you if you want to follow a very direct line, yeah, again, people do that. But it's always wonderful to hear people who have followed, have followed different paths uh, in their life. So thanks for sharing that as well. So if we look then, so I, you, you've, you, you said you've had a few different roles and you've had a few different champions. If we look at maybe something that was a, if we look at a certain skill, so over your career, what, like what one skill or one skill have you developed that would you say had the biggest impact or was the most important for you? So naturally, Kev, when you say pick one, I always like to give 110%. So I've chosen two. Go for uh, it. <laughs> uh, I would say patience and listening, of which I continue to develop. I don't think they're a skill that you you learn and then they're just there forever. That They stick there. I think it's something you have to consciously kind of force yourself in, in some respects to, to, to not only learn, but then exercise. Um, to keep them relevant and fresh so because it's quite easy when you've kind of got really good at listening to people and that's yeah. listening to to understand rather than listening just to respond um and patience as well and um, that kind of taking a moment to, to sit back take the breath let there be some awkward silence for a moment and then get your thoughts and can convey a, a good message after you've really understood everything that you've I guess, just analysed in your mind uh, but it's easy to slip back into poor habits when the pressure is on or yeah if you've been conducting a particular piece of work that re requires it to be more directional than supportive, where you don't need them skills quite so much, if you've been quite directional about something, you've got to do this, do that, do the other, um, give out right instructions. When it comes back to then needing to be a bit more kind of supportive, um, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, uh, but trying to put your arms around people and, yeah. and help them, that's where you need to be more patient and you know increase that listening capability. So I think listening and patience and empathy i've added a third one in because i'm a rogue <laughs> um, and empathy i think is a huge one that whole just understanding that everybody is different we have yes. different needs we have different communication styles all these human behaviors in in one it becomes a bit of a melting pot and if you can kind of tailor yourself and each other to two of those things you're set for success they're the kind of the key three Lovely. I love that you mentioned listening as well. I've done a previous episode on listening, so that wasn't teed up at all. That was purely if you're back. Um, but something interesting you said there, I mean, because they are all phenomenal. And I think if we ask someone about the importance of patience, listening, empathy, I think without a shadow of doubt, everyone will be able to say this is why they're important. But you said there when the pressure is on, like I say, remembering to keep that. I think I, I can definitely resonate with that. I know that I've seen moments, I've witnessed moments where Someone will talk a good game, but the moment there's a bit too much pressure, all of that goes out the window. Um, how how do you, if someone's sat there listening to think, yes, I do that all the time, what, what advice would you give? How do you kind of say, right, even when the pressure's on, I'm going to make sure that I keep patient, I keep my empathy skills, and I continue to listen? Reflection is key, number one, I think, is after any event, after a meeting, after you've been given some work, after whatever it may be that maybe puts that pressure on, take a moment to go, did I handle that first interaction, that whatever interaction, the best way possible, or have I started to slip back into what I'm doing? Because then hopefully that will set you up for the next one to do better. Um, or if you fear that you are going to slip back into those habits, 
they've got to be front and center of your mind. So I guess have them written down like your top tips. Like if you've got three top tips for, for good listening and three top tips for being patient, have them at the front of your file of facts uh, whilst you're in a meeting so that the front and center, so you're consciously forcing yourself to think about what you should be doing um, to be better at what you want to be better yeah. at. Um, so that would, And that, that works for me. I'm not saying that would work for everyone naturally, but I think quite visually having the things I want to be better at front and center. And it's that adage again, I don't know the exact numbers on this, but they say if you do something X number of times or over a period of 21 days, it becomes yeah. a, a formed habit. So therefore, if actually it's visual for that amount of time and you're actively considering it and it gets into your, to your routines, to your habits, you're naturally going to be that bit better at it. But again, that reflection on top of that helps you make sure you're doing it the best way possible and feedback Amazing. can help. Yeah, and I, I love that. And firstly, Filofax, do people still use Filofaxes? I, I thought that was a blast from the past. <laughs> well, I, I like to be quite retro with things, British traditions. Uh, but I currently am working from a clipboard. Um, oh, oh well, there you go. So, yeah, I can see why it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's really interesting. I, I love the reflection. I'm, I, anyone who's ever listened to any episode of this podcast knows my feelings about reflection. Um, and it's nice to know that visual, like I think little triggers work for me, little mantras on post-it notes around absolutely works for me. Um, uh, but you're right to call out. Sometimes people aren't visual. They, they maybe want to record a mantra or, or they just want to invoke that uh, emotion within them that to say, you know what, this is how I feel when I listen or when I'm being listened to, um, and just kind of honing onto those. So it's great that there are so many different like ideas that people can do. So hopefully that's inspired people just to think, you know what? When my back's against the wall, am I still behaving the way I want to, the way that I, I it's like aligns to my values? But the magic of reflection, I think since you've kind of brought up reflection, I think it will be amazing to ask you some of your own self-reflections. So if we think when we talk about feedback and reflections, we can't say those without thinking about obstacles. So if you can think either in like your current job now or over your career, what would you say is like being the the biggest obstacle that you think you, you that you've had to overcome this might seem like an obvious one and i think most people i, I hope most people would probably add this on their list but maturity um okay. i think in my earlier career in that contact center when i first went because i didn't have a i'm going to be x y or z in this career i was um a little misbehaving shall we say <laughs> i won't get into the details of that um but in reflection on that actually how much further forward could I have got if I'd have not held myself back then, if I'd had a slightly better understanding of what it meant to be in a contact center yeah. and where it could take me, how much further forward at this time in my life could I be? But then equally, I'm also a believer in you are where you are because of the things around you. So therefore actually maybe it's just the right thing to have happened. And I wouldn't have been as, I'm still not a very mature person right now, <laughs> if I'm brutally honest in, in all but number. Um, uh, I think it's safe to say, but I am much well more well behaved than I, I previously was. Um, so I think that's probably the number one is maturity, but that I guess only comes with time and experience, but also reflection, kind of taking time to go, was I being a bit of a numpty there or was, you know, that can take you forward. Um, my other obstacles, I would say, um, are my concentration span, um, keeping focus. Uh, that has always been a bit of a, a bit of an obstacle for myself and it continues to be yeah. um but i guess what i would say there is and what i've learned and i suppose that is growth in itself is find the part that you're really passionate about and get support on the part that you're not and that will help you keep focus um i'm not saying to cast the work off to other people <laughs> but if you can absolutely do 
Um, because if they thrive on it, why shouldn't two parties yep. benefit? So if actually the part of the job or the task that you don't like, somebody else loves, share and take on the parts that maybe they don't love that mm-hmm. you do and take on that. That's an absolute winning formula uh, where that can be uh, put into action and where that can't be put into action. That's not a, an option on the table. I guess it's understand which part you are passionate about and be really self-disciplined and um, plan out how you're going to go about the parts of the task that you don't want to do or you don't get inspired by. Yeah, um, I think that's really key because it comes with the territory that you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do all the time. But that is a part of it. So that's the the other one. And then a third one, I, I guess, specific to my role would be design wasn't always my preferred element of learning and development, kind of okay. creating the physical resources, the physical slides, the, the whatever, like the, the, the pulling it together in that respect, the design of the overall idea, the solution, love that part, the physical typing out of stuff. Okay. And it's it's interesting when you talk about that, because I think all three of those kind of show that you've got like a sense of self-awareness there. And could you kind of, was there a moment or was there a situation where you pinpointed any of those obstacles to say, you know what, my this is the point where my maturity and if I, if I want to succeed, this needs to change or, or my focus, I can see where my focus is letting me down. Can you remember any, any specific point that, that triggered that? So in terms of the maturity one, um, I think a part of where I was, when I think back to my first contact center that I worked in, I was doing quite well. I was kind of moving forward. Then I got a manager who was um, what I would call a little bit too by the book, um, okay. was trying to make a name for for themselves. Um, and naturally, um, I then decided to self-sabotage, but also just do what I could to undermine that person as right. much as possible. Not proud of it, but it's part of my journey. So I'm mm-hmm. willing to admit it now. Um, and therefore, that kind of had the detrimental impact on me in 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 that role um and in that company now after x amount of time i can't remember quite how long because it was a long time ago i got made redundant and i moved on to the next role which was to be a quality assessor for a different company and i kind of i just saw the opportunity for a fresh start there and i think that's where i started to be a little bit more um mature because i had a fresh slate i kind of recognized some of the stuff that i'd been doing was self-sabotaging it was all to spite this one person um and that in itself was immature. Um, I had an opportunity of fresh slate. Now, were there some minor hiccups on the way after that? Absolutely. Was what I would say was I was probably a little outspoken at the time before thinking. Um, so I've, that's something I've really learned is to to think before speaking. Um, and it's probably gone the other, the other way a little bit is I now sit on the fence and I don't want to say people please a little bit too much because... Right. But often I don't want to, to rock the, the boat unless it's really necessary. And that's, the, I guess, the difference. The learning there is I'm willing to rock the boat to step off and you know make waves if it's worth it. Right, okay. Whereas historically, if there was an argument to be had, even if it wasn't my own, I'd jump into the middle of it for the sake of it. Whereas now um, I'm a little bit more um, kind of controlled in that respect. Um, I don't know if I answered your question there, Kev. You um, did, yeah. I, I rattled. <laughs> no, you absolutely did, and it's... What I'm, what I'm really admire about you, Mike, is is this self reflection. You're able to to look at the situations, and that and that is a great example. Actually, being able to put your hand up and say, you know what, I'm in, I was in the wrong there. I'd like to say I know the part I played, um, and being able to recognize that because I think when we talk about growth, ego does play a huge part. 
Um, and we see it all the time. It's like, how many times have we seen someone go for a job, not get it? And rather than think, okay, what could I do differently to put myself in a better position? It's easier to blame, oh, they've already had someone lined up. Uh, they're just hiring a friend. Oh, it's all political. And being able to actually turn, take that step back and say, you know what? This was the role I played. I think not only, I, that is so admirable, but it's it's so healthy as well. I think if 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 more people did that, I think I would think it would open up a lot more growth for, for others as well. So no, yeah, absolutely answered that. So thank you. No, I agree. I think it's when you do see other people saying they didn't get the job because of they had somebody lined up or because X, Y, and Z. You know, you can completely see that, and mm-hmm. they could be a little bit better. When that's happened to me, of course, they did have somebody lined up. <laughs> um, or, <laughs> I jest. If no, I completely agree with what you were saying. But you know what? It may be true. It absolutely may be true. And we know we know hires like that have happened in the past. We know that there's the political one or that they've had to just advertise it, even though they already know. We know that happens. Um, and we can't control that. So it's yep. actually what can we control? What can we learn from this entire experience? Um, and I'm always like, it's always a challenge. If I think someone's lined up for a role, it's like, well, I'm if I get that, that means I'm I'm even better than I thought I was. So it's it's a bigger challenge. Let's go for it. Um, what a great spin to put on that I think that's you know and I genuinely mean that is to double down and the accolade you must then feel afterwards Mm -hmm. if you've managed to achieve it even though you think somebody else has lined up for it elation well the amount of times we've heard people go you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother applying because they've got someone it's just like there's that self self self-defeating attitude already it's Mm -hmm. like let's let's go for it so no you absolutely did answer that and I'm 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 loving hearing the the reflection and the self-awareness um, what I'll always also pick up on a few times today, you've said about the champions around you. So you said it earlier on about making sure that you've had people along the way. You said it just now about making sure that you, you do something you're passionate about, but getting the support in the areas that you're not. So who would you say has been like the, the biggest impact on your growth? I think it's me. <laughs> no, <laughs> see that self-reflection, all of that. Ruined. Look at that. The self-awareness uh, is uncanny. It's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I've been like to pick one person would be extremely difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I have been extremely fortunate in pretty much every company I've worked in. Um, and I have a tend and, and Lucy, my partner, has commented on this uh, in the past that I tend to just acquire friends, uh, you know, from places I've worked, mm-hmm. like, and I keep in touch with them. But that's probably because they, in some way, have helped me and i, I feel a, 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 a debt of gratitude to them and i'm not saying i'm only friends with them because i owe them something uh, <laughs> but uh, i think it's a huge part is that there's clearly a connection there so I, I would say in every business i've worked in and pretty much every role i've worked in across all my years i'm still in contact with a lot of people and that's probably because and i say probably i'm going to stop using such weak words and say that's because um they've they've added to my life in in one way or another i know that when when i talked earlier on about moving into planning into real-time management mm-hmm. that was never uh, a suitable role for me to be in um it was never what i was passionate about that was a, a strategic move to stay within the business that i was currently working in um and to have the backing of people willing to kind of take me on and they could see i'd clearly be able to do the job as well don't get yeah. me wrong i'm not saying i was willfully unskilled um and was just kind of protected in that respect so i went into it i gave it my all um i i, I learned what i needed to do i did the, the functional stuff 
but I also then brought in, you know, what I was good at around the learning development side of it and created like a, an induction for that area of the business, um, which you didn't use to get. It was just plonk them next to somebody. You'd kind of watch what they do and kind of yeah. learn it over time. I kind of put a bit of structure around that. So I brought something into that team. So there was a, a bit of payback there, but then the manager that I had on that team was extremely you know, flexible in giving me time to then go and develop my skills to become a trainer. So I would be able to go out and support still within the same business, but I'd cover um, people's absences and kind of, kind of fill in for people when, when they weren't around. So I was given like a fantastic level of support from, from that manager, but then also the, the, the training managers at the same time yeah. willing to kind of take someone in that hadn't gone through their upskilling programs officially or anything to, to look after groups whilst they had absences and, and things like that. So it was, pretty much every manager that I've had is I've taken something from uh, or taken a lot from. So I've, I've been extremely fortunate in, in each step of my career in, in lots of different ways, but that was just one example when I kind of yeah. worked in that area of the business, I would have never probably applied for without that pivotal moment where it was either stay in the business or you're going to have to leave and find something else. So what I love there, Mike, is the, it, it's all, you, we don't talk, when we talk about managers, we talk about what can a manager do for, for, for their people and I think we do we do focus on there, but what you've kind of touched on there is whilst that is very important, it's all about the other way as well. You talk about the manager, like when you have a manager, you talk about it as though it's a relationship. And it's actually, it's not just a manager's role to build that relationship with you, but actually it works both ways. And I think that's, I think that's a really fascinating take because we know that one of the top reasons that people leave jobs is because of their managers. So we know that the impact the manager has, but I'm even reflecting as you talk about that, like, I think of all the people that I've managed over the years and it's those that were willing to build a relationship with me as well that that seemed to grow the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that everyone had to be my best friend. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I would always take it on as a responsibility to write, it's my job to build those relationships. Um, and if nothing was coming back, it's like, well, there must be something wrong with me. But to hear that actually, you know what, it's, it is both ways it's a manager's responsibility and it's, it's it's a direct reports responsibility and when you see and i'm literally thinking now of every positive relationship that i've had it has been two-way um so that's a that's a fascinating take that really is i'm i'm here to 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 break uh you know common misconceptions <laughs> uh some call me a, a thought-provoking leader in my area um i just ramble a lot and things come out uh <laughs> Oh, some valid stuff comes out so look at that so always take that and i think it's not i, I agree completely um i would even say it goes a step further it's not just manager direct report but also just other people that you have interactions with as well like it's all about relationships and give and take what you absorb from others and what you pass on and you used the phrase earlier about paying it forward mm-hmm. i think that's part of it as well um is kind of just giving your time your support to others and in turn you kind of learn something from that yeah. too. Um, there is the adage um, or the saying um, that you don't really learn something until you teach it. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of a big believer in that actually, is if you really want to learn something is find a reason to teach it to somebody else and you will learn it at a, a, a pace of knots, I guess. So, Absolutely. That's wonderful. Well, there you go. Well, thanks for sharing that. I think we, it's, I will always write home about the importance of relationships. I think, especially when it comes to growth, I mean, somewhere along the line, I think I put a post on this on social media not so long ago, but we're taught somewhere that doing everything alone is this badge of honor. It's like that, that's what shows your strength if you can do it alone. Um, but look at the most successful people, just take sports. 
I mean, the mm. most successful people in the world, they don't do that alone. Like they, they're part of a team. They have coaches, they have support networks around them. Um, and I think when, when we think about growth, every element of growth is, is, is in my mind, strengthened uh, when we have, when we have that network around us. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and since we're talking about this network, I know you couldn't pinpoint one specific person who's had the, the biggest impact on you. What if we were to think of maybe some advice you've been given? Can you kind of pinpoint the best piece of advice you, you've ever been given? With the way that I rattle about stuff, Kev, you'd assume that I'd have a, an answer to that. Um, <laughs> you may have found one. So best piece of advice. Um, it sounds uh, cliche, but be yourself. Um, I think if you're pretending to be someone you're not for extended periods of time, the, it'll come away at the seams. It will unstitch. It'll reveal you to be something else and your integrity is lost. Now, where I would say that differs a little bit is I have a passion for entertainment, as we've discussed. Mm -hmm. I have a, I, I'm not into amateur dramatics or anything. However, you know, the concepts being that you can wear a different hat for different mm -hmm. uh, for different scenarios. Like when I'm leading a, a workshop or a training session, I'm a different person in that room than yes. when I'm in a meeting with my direct team or with stakeholders planning something out. I play a different part with the different audiences and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's different than wholesale pretending to be something or yes, someone you're yeah. not. I think as we've talked about a few times here is self-reflection self-awareness uh, and just being honest with yourself about your strengths and your areas that could be stronger mm -hmm. um i think if you know that and you don't try and pretend to be the full package you'll be less stressed because you're not yeah. trying to constantly prove that you are already the full package people will accept the fact that you don't have to always be the full package that you have your strengths you have your areas that aren't and I think that's probably the best advice that anyone can ever give is to yeah. to just be yourself, own what you can do, own what you need to learn to do, and put the action in to, to, to get to that point. That's one. And that's great advice. I'm, I'm so glad you referenced about the the different hats and the different persona, because I think be yourself is is it's classic advice. It absolutely mm -hmm. is. Um, and I think sometimes, I think sadly, that's almost taken a bit too literal because you'll have people that will go, oh, well, I just can't work with with so-and-so. And it's like, well, that's just who I am. And they kind of almost use it. No, I'm allowed to be myself and almost use it as, a, as an example or a reason to like be quite nasty at times. I think they say they don't understand that that flexibility is equally important. Um, but calling out actually, and I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm a different person personally, professionally, with my family, with my dogs, everyone. But what they all have is there's this one thread that connects us all. So I have my core values. I, I'm I'm genuine. I'm curious. I'm an empath. I'm a listener. Um, and no matter what role I take, I will always be demonstrating those core values because that's that's who I am. Um, but absolutely understand that if I'm managing a team versus if I'm coaching someone, that I am going to need a different hat. There's just the difference between coach and mentor. Like one's listening, one's talking. And it's like mm -hmm. you need to have that balance and that flexibility. And I think what is it? It's, is it Darwin? It's like it's not the the strongest of the species that survives. It's the one that's most able to adapt. Uh -huh. And and I think that is is cool. So yes, absolutely, I agree with be yourself, be true to yourself. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to hold a secret, but like, it's awful. <laughs> it really is. So trying to hide who you truly are, like you say, you'll you'll come apart the seams. Um, and 
sadly we know the impact it can have on on, on health health and well-being um we know there are if, if we talk about the lgbtq community we know there are people who have hidden that from those around them and we see the damage that that can have on their especially their mental health um so being able to say just love who you are be who you are um and yeah i, I think that's wonderful wonderful advice so thanks for, for sharing that with us very welcome so I'm completely unaware of the time and how long we've been chatting for. So what we'll do is we'll 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 go a couple more questions for you. Um, so as we're talking about advice, um, as as a coach uh, and working in learning and development, I'm sure you experience as well. But we, I, I tend to encounter people who have maybe their growth has stalled, um, or they're living a life that's that's not theirs. Like they're doing things they should do rather than what they actually want to do. What advice would you give to someone in, in that situation who is feeling, you know what, I feel stuck? My advice would be to take a moment, think about what it is that you get excited for. Um, don't expect it to be the thing that has to pay the bills, um, except that you're probably going to have to for a while anyway, do the things you don't love doing. Um, make peace with that and do as best you can in that position. But find the thing you love doing find ways to kind of do as much of that as possible um, and then over time as you build your skills and knowledge of, of, of whatever that happens to be if you can find a way to transition that into being your your reality or your full-time pursuit great but what you might find is that actually even if you're just doing that as your um, your hobby as, as an extracurricular actually that brings you enough joy to take the sting out of having to do the the whatever it is you're not particularly passionate yeah. about so actually it brings you balance so that you actually can go you know what that is my work um that is what it is this is my passion i'm doing enough of this to make me happy the majority of the time and if you can get the two worlds to to, to collide and come together great and if you're not sure how to do that i guess without making this sound like a sales pitch Kev, knowing that your business is coaching <laughs> maybe the right thing to consider would be to get yourself a coach i'm never going to stop you saying that so that's okay <laughs> <laughs> and you know what mike that is that is wonderful wonderful advice um and i i love i love the part about do something you're passionate about may not be the thing that pays the bills and i listened to another podcast recently it was uh it was the happiness lab and it was about that, that there's this whole mantra of do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's like sometimes those two just don't mm -hmm. coexist. And like I say, your passion could be a hobby. And yes, you could get paid for it in the long run. Absolutely. Podcasting, this is a passion of mine. And yes, there are ways to monetize it, but it's not my income. It's not my focus. Um, but I know that everything else I do facilitates this. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the same for you. Like I say, you're, I know you're you're passionate about stand-up and it's, if that is a passion and you find a way to be able to do that, then yes, another job may be the one that funds it. And I think, yes, I, I, I know we're talking this way. Yes, you may find the perfect job, which you're passionate about, which pays your bills. And if you do, wonderful. But that's not the only outcome. That's the, not the only way that you can do things that you're passionate about. Um, and I think that's such, such an important lesson um, that I, I learned. Like You're talking six months ago, maybe it's like, when my my thought process started to change around that um so i i think that's wonderful advice so hopefully there's a there's a listener somewhere who is uh going to be inspired by that mike so so thanks for sharing 
Um, so to, to bring us to an end then, I think we've talked about uh, your growth so far. We've talked about things that you've kind of been inspired by, but I'm also intrigued to know what's next. So on your personal professional growth journey, what is next in store for Mike? Great question. Um, I've, I've just talked the talk and now it's time to prove that I can walk <laughs> the walk. But I will go back and say that, as we discussed earlier on, that growth can be rather cellular. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. wholesale big changes. So actually, um, I like learning. A bit like you said yourself, you quite enjoy a pub quiz. I mm-hmm. do too. I like learning little factoids here and there. Um, I think that classes as growth in itself. Um, if I was to talk about a, a bigger piece of kind of what's next for me, um, well, I've made this promise to myself a numerous number of times, a numerous number of times. Please edit that. Um, I've made this a number of times. <laughs> I think I'll leave um, it in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, like you said, my passion is stand-up. And I, when I say that, I tend to think about it as me as the um, observer, um, watching the audience. Mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoy um, watching other people do stand-up. But as you know, we've discussed in the past, I kind of like doing a little bit of stand-up here and there. Maybe I need to, even if it's just write the material, yeah. Um, even if I'm never actually going to get onto a stage and do it, although that is the part that I enjoy the most, the writing, as we've discussed earlier on, is certainly not the part I enjoy <laughs> at all. Uh, it's very much the admin that that leads to the, the the other part. But even if just doing that, I can come up with um, a bit of a set. That would be a, a huge step forward for something I've been talking about doing for for, for many moons. Well, like I said at the start, having seen, uh, I had a sneak peek of your content. Uh, I would, I would definitely pay to come see your show. So, yeah, let, let, keep me posted on that. Uh, I think it's safe to say, Kev, that you do have to have quite thick skin to uh, <laughs> and quite a dark sense of humour if you were to want to um, partake in the audience uh, or what would be my my show. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's a good warning. That thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, it's I didn't know how this episode was going to go um it's just it's normally just me just chatting to myself and being able to have that back and forth with someone it's it's really wonderful um and you gave some great insight in there as well so i know that i've i personally have taken a few bits from that um so that i hope uh, our listeners have done the same so i just want to say thank you so much for, for joining us today mike it was it was great to have you on well, thank you very much for having me. And also, um, I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone else, but thank you very much for the for the podcast that you offer to people and, and your musings. So I'm sure that it is helping people um, all around the globe. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you very much. And uh, for everyone listening, that was not a kind of a, a setup. That was just my speaking uh, through his own heart, which I will always welcome. So thank you very much. My PayPal details are. <laughs> you can send it us afterwards. It's grand. <laughs> but thanks very much, Mike. And I'll speak to you soon speak soon cheers and that brings us to the end of today's episode now this was a brand new experience for me and i must say i really really enjoyed chatting with mike and i know i always say i'd love to hear your thoughts but i think i want to hear them even more about this episode is this a style that you liked should we maybe do more of these i'm open to any and all comments so please 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 get in touch and let me know what you think you can connect with me on linkedin or on instagram via the links in the show notes or you can even send me an email at kevin at growyourownway.co.uk. Also, if you're a fan of Mike, liked what he had to say and want to connect with him, you can do so via his LinkedIn page, which I've also popped in the show notes. Now, if anything that was said today in this episode has inspired you to take control of your growth and you are now considering getting a coach, please remember that I offer a free discovery session. Uh, It's just 30 minutes where we can have a chat and just see if coaching is something that's suitable for you. 
Again, feel free to connect with me to, to ask me for more information or just head over to my website at www.growyourownway.co.uk. But for now, I just want to say thank you for listening. Hope you'll stay safe and well, and I'll speak to you on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye.